So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hi there, and welcome to the Pause and Connect podcast. I'm so happy you're here sharing your day with me, taking the time with me. I promise I'll make it worth it because in every episode, I share tools and action steps that you can take right this second to help you improve your connections with either yourself or with your children. This is an episode about improving your connection with your children. This is episode two, and it's called Society Wants You to Control Your Children. Say no. My generation was spanked. Yours too. As we grew up, we learned that spanking wasn't okay. And so then when we became parents, we vowed not to spank, but we weren't told what to do instead. I remember as a young mom, I was reading an article once on how it was so damaging that when parents yelled at their kids. And I was horrified because I had learned not to spank. I had figured that out, but I was definitely a yeller. And the article didn't give any tips on how to not be a yeller. So now I knew two things. One, spanking was damaging. I'd known that for years. And now I knew yelling was damaging, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do instead. How could I get control over my kids if I couldn't spank or yell? And it took me years to understand that the paradigm is wrong. The paradigm is that society wants you to control your child, but that's wrong. And we're gonna talk about that. So parents have been spanking and yelling and grounding and punishing because we've been taught that we're supposed to have control over our children. Our society praises moms who have well-behaved children in the grocery store. They'll say, oh, you're such a good mom. Your child didn't throw a fit when you said no to the candy. Like that's a measure of a good mom. Our society judges moms who have ill-behaved children. Why can't she get a handle on that child? She has no control. Her child is gonna end up in jail if she doesn't nip this behavior in the bud. You know, it's, it's so frustrating and dads are never judged in these same ways. Have you ever noticed that? And that's a ridiculous separate issue that we'll probably have to talk about another time. But for right now, let's stop and examine what society wants us to do. It wants us to control our children so that our children are not a nuisance to be around. So when we feel that pressure to control our children, of course we're gonna want to spank, yell, or punish because we have to control. We have to get them to do what we say. Even when we're behind closed doors, we're gonna feel judgment. We're gonna think, I should be a better mom. I should be able to handle my kid's outburst. I should, my kid should be better behaved. My kid shouldn't throw a fit about not getting dessert. I need to get control. I'm such a bad mom. You know, we do that to ourselves. Then we put on a smile because we're not gonna be spanking parents and we're really gonna try hard not to be yelling parents, right? So we put on that fake smile. We try to patiently talk to our kids because we don't wanna spank them. But that judgment is floating around in the back of our heads. And even though nobody's there to watch it, or if we're in public and someone is there to watch it, the judgment just feels louder and louder. And the more loud it gets in our mind, the more we want to get control of the situation. So we snap and we yell 
or we spank or we go over and we yank a toy out of our kids' hands to teach them a lesson. You know, basically we do something to shock that situation back into control. Now it's not our fault. Society taught us to do this. Society wants us to be in control of our kids. And society is standing by to tell us we did the right thing. You know, you got control when you yanked that toy out of your kid's hand or when you spanked that kid. But we don't feel good when we do it. It doesn't feel right. Something's off, right? Now, I know this personally because this is how I used to parent. I used to just really try to have control in whatever way I could. And it just felt awful every time I fought hard enough, fought my child hard enough to get that control. You know what I mean? But I was lucky because my oldest child has ADHD. And control methods just do not work for kids with ADHD, like at all. There's lots of reasons for it. One of the reasons is kids with ADHD have impulsive issues. They'll just do something impulsively. When they're in the moment, they can only think about what's happening in that moment. So they can't remember a past consequence and apply it to their behavior now. So like they don't think about how cutting their hair the last time got them grounded for a weekend. They just know they want to cut their hair right now and they'll do it. And then another thing about kids with ADHD is they deal with emotional flooding. So in the moment, their feelings about the situation are huge. Their brain is flooding with those feelings and it's all they can think about. So if you as a parent go in there with a consequence, the kid doesn't learn the lesson. They're not listening to the logic of what you're saying. They're just feeling these huge emotions and they're reacting to those emotions. And truthfully, that isn't just an ADHD thing. All kids deal with impulsive issues and forgetting past consequences and emotional flooding. It's just more pronounced in kids with ADHD. So me having a child, my first child with ADHD gave me this crash course in this understanding. Um, but every kid, ADHD or not, struggles to remember consequences and apply them to their current situation. So before I understood this, before I understood what was happening in my daughter's brain, I punished a lot. Thankfully, I don't think she remembers this period of our life. Um, I hope she doesn't. But there were times when she wouldn't do the thing I said. So maybe she wouldn't stay in bed at nap time. And so I would react by taking away a stuffed animal as a punishment to her. Now that that doesn't seem harsh, right? And it, when I was a child, I don't have ADHD and I don't have impulsive issues. It, it would have worked. I would have gotten right back into bed so that I could get my stuffed animal back, you know? But she didn't have that those capabilities. So she would scream. Her brain would flood with the emotion of what was happening right in that moment. And all she could focus on was that I took away her beloved stuffed animal. So she would scream and I would scream back. And I'd tell her, you know, you could have your stuffed animal back if you just get back in bed. But she would be too upset and she wouldn't be able to do what I asked. So then I would pile on the punishment. I'd take another stuffed animal and another. And you see, I was desperate because I didn't know what else to do. I just needed to get her back in bed and get control over her. So I just took and took and took. And all the while her reactions to my punishments would get bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm telling you, this was the worst. I don't know if I'm expressing it clearly enough, but it was so bad. The screaming, the, the just, feeling so hopeless, like I don't know what to do. It would go on forever. I always yelled 
and sometimes I even spanked and I'm ashamed of that, but I'm sharing it to tell you that I know, (laughs) I know the frustration when you feel like you have to get control and you don't know what to do. But remember, earlier I said I was lucky. I was blessed to have this child as my first child. I am so glad she came to me as my first child. And I'll tell you why. Because the punishment and reward system simply did not work for her. And so I was forced to change my approach. It was either that or let this issue permanently destroy our relationship. I could see into the future and I could see that we were going down fast and that this was going to not work permanently. So I had to figure out another way. So over time with therapy, lots and lots of parenting books, trial and error, and a whole lot of prayers, we healed. We found a better way. And that way was connection. We healed when I stopped trying to control her and instead I focused on connection. I'll share tons about connection through this podcast. It's called Pause and Connect After All. And you can find plenty of articles on my blog about this concept at rebeccabrownwright.com. But I'm gonna give you one example that goes along with this stuffed animal showdown I've been describing. So I stopped punishing. When my daughter did something defiant, like refused to clean up her room, I didn't remove a privilege. I didn't give her an extra chore. Instead, I like bucked tradition. I bucked society and I went to her and I hugged her. So she's standing there, she's stomping her feet at me. She's saying, I am not gonna clean my room. And society's in my head saying, you need to come down hard on her. But I bucked that and I went to her and I hugged her. Now, she's a kid who loves hugs, so this always worked well for her. And your kid might not love hugs, so you would need to connect in a different way maybe a hand on a shoulder, maybe standing near your child. But for the sake of this story, I went to her and I hugged her. And do you know what happened? She calmed down and she stopped resisting. And do you know what happened to me? (laughs) I calmed down. I stopped feeling that anger and that pressure to change her and to control her and to force her to do what she needs to do. It didn't become so monumental, you know, Society says, if your kid defies you and you don't step in and you don't stop them, then you're gonna be dealing with this behavior forever. And that's a lot of pressure to have in a moment, for just a little moment of of what your child is doing. So going to her and hugging her and feeling myself calm down, feeling her calm down, it brought that whole big fear away. It just, it just, smash the fear away like a balloon popped. It was just gone. I didn't have to worry that, oh, she's gonna grow up and and go to prison because I never figured out how to get this under control. It was like, oh, this is just one moment. This is just one moment right now and we're okay. And then I was able to stay with her until her emotions were steady and my emotions were steady because you know this isn't hard, this isn't easy for parents either. So then I could ask her, why didn't you want to clean your room? So let's say she didn't want to because she wanted to watch a show instead. Well, knowing that, then it's easy to work with that. I can say, you know what? No problem. That totally makes sense. I would want to watch a show too, but we do have to get the room clean, right? So at that point, I could work with her and figure out how she could still do her chore, get her room clean and have the show. If I hadn't gone to her to connect, I wouldn't have known why she was resisting. 
and then it would have become a battle of wills, just like the stuffed animal showdown I described earlier. And in a battle of wills with your child, you always have to win. You feel that pressure and it never turns out good, even if you get your way. So this was like magic. It just, it was like magic, changing from trying to control her to trying to quickly connect with her was magic. And over the years, I began to shift my parenting paradigm. Controlling made no sense for my kid with ADHD. It did not work for her brain. So why would it even make sense for my kids without ADHD? Why would I need to be a mom who controls, right? That's what I began to learn. Connection not only worked to help with her behavior and my other children's behavior too, it improved our relationship and it gave us both more confidence to deal with hard things. Like I didn't feel like I had to follow some prescribed recipe on what to do each time she she had a meltdown. And she didn't feel like she had to fight me each time she had a meltdown. We both had more confidence in our relationship and trust in our relationship that we could work with each situation as it came up. So I wanna ask you, what if you don't have to be in control of your kids? What if society's wrong? What if your worth as a mom isn't based on how well your children behave in the moment? You know, it is a nasty trick that society has played on us. It's told us that parents, especially moms, need to stop spanking and yelling, but then it still gives us the message that parents, especially moms, need to control their kids. How can you control your kids if you're not spanking or yelling? Controlling is the wrong paradigm. We shouldn't spank, we shouldn't yell, but we shouldn't control either. And connection, not control, is the better paradigm. It's a better way to look at parenting and discipline. When you focus on connecting with your kids in all aspects of your life, from the happy connections to the connections in the hard times, like I described, like when my daughter stomps her feet and says she doesn't wanna clean her room, and I connect in that hard time, when you do that, your relationship becomes less about control and more about the needs of your child more about connection. It's really easy to try and connect during the happy times, right? If you're both in a good mood, you can play a game or read a book or sit and talk, and that's so important. It's a crucial part of parenting. But those connections in the hard times, when your kid is defying you, when your kid is melting down and you're connecting instead of controlling, those times are the secret sauce. That's what changes everything in your relationship. Plus, When your parenting paradigm becomes connection, you don't have to worry about the real or imagined judgment of other people because those people just want you to do whatever you can right this second to make your child stop. But your focus doesn't have to be on fixing or controlling your child. It can be on making sure your child's needs are met through connection. When your child feels connection from you and when they feel their needs are met, they don't have to fight so hard. So their problem behaviors minimize. So connecting not only is good for your relationship, but it improves your child's behaviors. So here's the big question. How do you stop yelling and start connecting? Because again, it's, it's one thing to say it's not good to yell at your kids, right? But it's another thing to actually know how to stop yelling and how to use connection instead of yelling. So I tried all the tricks to stop yelling. I wore hair ties on one wrist and then I would move them over to the other wrist each time I yelled so that I'd have a visual reminder of of how I'm doing each day. I'm, I actually marked a calendar for each day that I didn't yell. 
I prayed, I meditated, I tried to exercise away my frustrations, I tried to make sure I had self-care. Oh, I better be reading a book that I enjoy. I better be doing these things I love. You know, I tried all of that and it's all good stuff, right? But eventually I still yelled more than I wanted to. And sometimes I still spanked. And I, this is because I was focusing on controlling my kids. I was still trying to get them to follow society's script. I still wanted them to behave above anything else. So I still needed to control them. And when you need to control, you fall back on those, on those things like yelling. When I shifted my paradigm, that's when the real change started happening. So if this resonates with you, try this action step today. When your child acts out, ignores you or defies a, ref a request, and that's going to happen today, I promise you, ask yourself how you can connect with them. Okay, so that's the action step. Your kid starts defying or melting down and in your brain you say, how can I connect with them right now? Now let me give you some examples of what this can look like in real life. Okay, so here's the control approach. This is what society prescribes for us. And this is what we are trying to walk away from. But I'm going to tell this one first so that when I, when I tell about the connect approach, we'll be able to compare them. So here's the control approach. Let's say you ask your child to clean up the toys and they ignore you and they just keep playing. Society tells you not to let your child get away with this. Because remember, if you do, they're going to ignore you for the bigger things. It means you're a pushover. Oh, and you're never going to be able to handle them as a teenager. And they're probably going to end up in jail and it will all be your fault from this one moment. Okay, that's what society is saying. And this is running through your mind. I know it because this, I know it. This is what happened to me too. This runs through your mind. Oh my gosh, if I can't get my kid to do what I say right now, they're going to jail later in life. So you panic. You have to get control of the situation. You have to get control of your child. So you might say, okay, I'm gonna to count to three, and if you aren't picking up your toys, you're gonna to be in timeout. Now, if you have an exceptionally compliant child, I have one who's like this, they would co cooperate at this point. But if you have a distracted or defiant child, I have two distracted children, they'll probably fight you or ignore you. So then things will escalate. You'll reach for every idea you can think of because you know, remember, if you don't get control, this is going to set a dangerous pattern. That's what we've been told over and over and over. And so this is where the yelling and the spanking and the punishments come in. This is what we've been taught to do. It's not our fault. This is what society has told us is the right thing to do. So whether you have a compliant child or not, that traditional method doesn't provide needed connection to your relationship. So let's talk about the connected approach. Let's do the same scenario. You ask your kid to clean up the toys and they ignore you, keep playing. Instead of dishing out a consequence, going straight to consequence, you ask yourself, how can I connect with my child right now? Remember, that's your action step for today. How can I connect with my child right now? So you look at your child. That's your first step of connecting. You look at them, you pay attention to what they're doing and you realize they actually didn't even hear you or maybe they didn't hear you. So you go over to them, you crouch down, you put your hand on their shoulder, connecting, and you repeat your request. Your child looks at you now, so you know that they've heard you, you're connected. So this might be all you need to do, and they'll listen to you and they'll do it. Or maybe that's, you're gonna need to do more, so maybe your kid doesn't wanna clean up the toys. Maybe they squirm, or they tell you no, or they turn their back on you, or they hit you. So again, you ask yourself again, how can I connect with my child right now? 
Let's say that your child loves hugs. So you pick them up, you put them in your lap, and you give them a big squeeze, and you tell them you love them. By now, they're smiling at you. You're totally connected. So you say, okay, it's time for dinner, and these toys need to be picked up. Maybe at this point, your child has felt that connection, and they're ready to comply. They understand what's being asked of them. So they get up and they clean up, and there's no more, no more problems. Or I have a child like this who will probably still need more, but either way, you're connected and you have a good sense of what to do at this point. You have confidence at this point. You don't, you don't need to worry about controlling them because you're connected. So if you have the kid who's still gonna need more, you, you'll come up with the next step and that step might be that maybe you'll stay here and clean up with them because maybe they still need the connection while they're cleaning. Or maybe you'll make it fun. Maybe you have a kid who, who connects through through uh, races and turning things fun. So you can say, I'll, I'll race you to see if I can get dinner on the table before you finish putting the toys in your toy box. Or maybe you have some other brilliant idea that your child is gonna respond to. Like you're gonna know what your child needs at this point. Or maybe, you're, maybe you ask your child, you know, what do you need to help you get this done? This thing that I'm asking you to do, cleaning up your toys, what do you need? How can I help you? There's a lot of different scenarios for this, a lot of different ways this can go. But the point is your child is gonna to respond to you because you've taken the time to connect. Now, this is for most children. I'm not talking about children who have a difficult time with personal interactions. Um, you know, maybe a child on the autism spectrum might not respond to, in the way that I'm describing. Uh, but still, there is a way to connect with, with your child to be able to, uh, to communicate with them what needs to be done and not in a way that is punishing. So back to the situation, if your child resists at any point, what you're gonna do is just ignore society's push because it's in your brain, you've been trained to have this in your brain, ignore society's push to control your child and instead connect again and again. This connection paradigm is not a manipulation tactic. It is a true connection because your relationship is at the center. You are connecting over everything. You're connecting over their defiance. You're connecting over their, their sadness, their hard times. Each time there's a problem, you focus on connection. And through that connection, you find unique sol solutions that are suited to you and your child. You have confidence as you do this. You don't have to fret about how do I control them because you're connecting and you get those ideas and those stirrings and those understandings of what your child needs through that connection. Now this paradigm takes time in the beginning. Yelling or spanking would probably be quicker, but connection gets you to the happy result each and every time as you discard the notion that you have to control your child. And as you go, it becomes more and more second nature. So embrace connection and be prepared to stick with it. As time goes on, the regular problems take less and less effort. And then as the big problems come up, the things that you, you haven't dealt with before, you're primed and confident to be able to handle them because connection is your first step. You always know you go to connect to your child and then you take it from there. From connection, the right solutions for your child are reachable. If this resonates with you, I can help you learn how to stop yelling by connecting. You don't have to be at odds with your child for the rest of your life, like I thought I was gonna be when, when I was raising my oldest child when she was younger. Um, you can feel confident 
every time your child has a meltdown, every time they ignore you, every time they fight back, you can use tools that connect you to each other and strengthen your relationship instead of those yells that pit you against each other. Basically, you can feel at peace instead of stressed out and angry all the time. Believe me, if I can get through a day without yelling, so can you. Now, I'm not gonna say that I never, 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 never yell. I still yell sometimes, but I, when I do, I know how to go back and connect and fix the yelling, fix the, fix the hurt that I've caused through my yelling. And I am able to yell so much less, less often than I ever did before that I don't even have to rely on that repair as often as, as I had to before. So head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to learn about my course, How to Stop Yelling. You'll get five lessons that walk you through straightforward steps to put you on a path of yell-free mama-ing. It doesn't have to be so intense. There is a gentler way, and I can show you how to do this, and there's no guilt involved. I am a huge advocate for getting rid of mama guilt. So let me know what you think of this parenting paradigm where connection is at the center. Connect with me on Instagram at pause and connect or check out my website and everything I have to offer you there to have a more connected motherhood at rebeccabrownwright.com. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I truly appreciate it. Now go forth and connect. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.